Okay, so I wasn't 100% sure on the direction that I wanted to go in today for this particular podcast, and I have kind of been swaying on a few different topics. One is the I'm Fragile 2 movement that I am putting together. And I was like, yeah, today I'm going to talk about the I'm Fragile 2 movement because as black women, I don't feel like we get the chance to be soft or fragile. Um, I feel like we have to be strong and tough and pull up your big girl panties to keep moving in this world while um, other people don't have to live up to those standards because culturally uh, they get a pass. So I sat and I thought about that and really wanted to dig into that, but I think I will leave that for a later conversation. Um, As this world unfolds, we can see that people are becoming more and more sensitive. It's not that I care about people's sensitivities because shit I got plenty and does nobody really cares about that for me personally so um but I figured with the pandemic and everything that's going on uh, a lot of people are sitting at home looking at their significant others for the past year like ugh, why did I marry you or like yay I'm so absolutely happy I married you because in times of real stress fear anger, anxiety, um, amongst a plethora of other feelings, they have someone who's there for them. So kudos to you guys who have unconditional, real love in your home between you, your spouse, and your children. Um, I take my hat off to you, sincerely. And those of you who've made poor decisions with who you married, you knew who you married before you married them, so, you know, I'm going to say pull up your big girl panties and pull up your big boy boxers and figure out your life. For those of you who are single, I feel you. It's hard out there. Um, Blessings onto your mental states. Blessings onto the mental states of us all. So anyway, this particular podcast is not going to be about anything that I just talked about. I just wanted to go on my four o'clock in the morning rant. (laughs) Um, anyway, this particular podcast is going to be about me being young, dumb, and full of cum. I say that because when I was younger, I was extremely pressed on having the life that I was not provided with and having the life that I wanted for my future and having kids and being an amazing mother is... Um, one of the many things that I valued higher than anything else. Um, so let's start talking about my first marriage. Uh, so I met my first husband when I was 13. Uh, we were both 13. We're the same age. And um, when we met, we just we just knew. We were so smitten with one another. We just knew that we would want to be together and, um, you know, have a life. 
unbeknownst to me, and this is um, information that I found out much later, uh, a lot of his family lives in Tennessee. And when he was in Tennessee, he actually had uh, a high school sweetheart that he he was smitten with. Like, his family, because they were military, traveled a lot, so he lived with different family members. So I was his love in Atlanta. He had a love in Tennessee that I didn't know about. And I'm not 100% sure if he had any um, female interest in any other state, but clearly at 13 and younger um, and older, he was being kind of shipped around from house to house to house, family to member to family member, because his mother and father, like I <coughs> just said, um, they were military. So his parents weren't together. Um, his dad was married to another woman and um, met his mother, and they had a child um, outside of his marriage. But um, that's just a little tiny backstory on him, so you can only imagine um, from a male point of view, how that inconsistent living and not having your father really around in your life, not really even claiming you, um, could be a little difficult for a man. It could be difficult for man, woman, doesn't matter, but particularly I'm talking about him, so that was really difficult for him. But a lot of that was unbeknownst to me because, again, young, dumb, full of crumb, uh, I was extremely competitive, uh, especially when it came to relationships. I am number one. My numerology number comes up to number one. I'm a leader, not a follower. So for me, I was like, I'm going to win. Anything I want to win, I win. And most of my life, that's kind of how I've handled life. And um, in ways, many ways, I've won. And in many ways, because of that competitive um, attitude, I lost. So anyway, um, met him when we were 13, and we became extremely smitten with each other. We were also, you know, let me not say we. He was also my first sexual experience. I did not lose my virginity to him. However, he was my first sexual experience, and he taught me about some things that my body just likes. Um... So anyway, uh, I would only see him during the summertime. So for me personally, I kind of knew nothing, um, but I thought I knew everything. So one part of me was like, oh, he'll come back for me, and he's my Prince Charming, and uh, I'm an 80s baby, so I just want to drop that note in there. But yeah, oh, he's my Prince Charming. He'll come and save me from the tyranny of my life you know, that fairy tale princess mentality. And um, one day he did, which was insane to me. Um, and when I was, I want to say, late 17, before I turned 18, uh, he came back. He was pretty much drop shipped back to Atlanta, back to his aunt's house. And um, I was uh, out partying because seven, 16, 17, maybe even from 15 to 17, I was in the clubs. Like, oh my God, I was in the clubs. I was down with BMF uh, crew, which is out of Atlanta for a long, long while. Um, those are guys that I went to high school with. 
Um, so my thing was money wasn't a thing. I was extremely popular. I was an attractive woman, very skinny, but nonetheless, extremely attractive, fun. So I hung out with tons of celebrities and, you know, to the normal person who doesn't get to live the kind of life that I was living from 15 to uh, late 17, almost 18, well, a little bit into my 18 year, 18th year. Um, it was pretty damn fun. You know, I was surrounded by money and alcohol and drugs and anything I needed. I met so many celebrities. I was in music videos. I was, it was, it was lit, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, anyway, so if I didn't settle down with him, there's no telling where my life would have been. Maybe I would have been married to a celebrity, maybe not. Like, I don't know. Um, because even after I got married to him, I was still consistently hanging out with celebrities. Um, I introduced him to Evander Holyfield, and that's how he started. Uh, my ex-husband started doing his music, but I'm getting <laughs> a little bit of a little bit ahead of myself. Anyway, so when I turned about... 17 um he came back into the picture i was out partying with um two of my besties at the time um and just having a blast just enjoying my youth uh so anyway he stopped by my house and i wasn't home my mom was home and um he spoke with her for a while i have still to this day no idea of what conversations they had um amongst themselves uh, whether it be about me or not, but uh, still, again, to this day, I have no earthly <laughs> idea of what they spoke about, but he left his phone number, and um, when I had finally got back from an evening of partying with my friends, um, my mom, I think the next morning, uh, I have a feeling it was the same day, but just for sake of memory, because memory can be really funky, I'm going to say it was the next day. So the next day, um, my mom was like, oh, an old friend came by to visit you and left his number. And I was really confused on like, what old friend would stop by? And again, I'm an 80s baby. So I didn't grow up with, you know, the cell phones that we have today. I grew up with a pager. Um, and then, you know, Skytel pagers came out. So when Skytel pagers came out, then you could like message people i think that was like the first um m to m mms i think it's called mms messaging system that um, was created i'm not a hundred percent sure but that's what i remember but anyway i digress so her remark to me was i really don't want to give you this phone number however i'm going to and i thought that was kind of weird you know because now as a mom if I feel something in my spirit towards my children and somebody stops by to see them and they're not there and I have negative feelings wrapped around giving them information about this person, I'm probably not going to give them information. I'll be honest with my kid and be like, yo, so-and-so stopped by and um, I just want you to know that I threw away their information because I think you deserve better. That's me, though. <laughs> and again, in this day and age, if something like that happened and my kids really wanted to 
message or talk to somebody, I'm 99.999% sure that they will find a Snapchat or something in order to do it. But during that time of me growing up, it was probably just as bad as the rotary phones and someone calling and being like, yeah, no, no, no one's here by that name. And then 13 other people picking up like, oh, she's down the street at so-and-so's house (laughs) you know that weird shit that when the rotary phones really finally came out everyone could hear you which I did not know about that until a friend of mine told me that in their town that that's what was happening like you'd make a phone call but there could be like 13 people on the line all listening to your phone call from different parts of the town which I was like oh my god this was just like a snap away from where we are today it's so amazing how technology has just arisen but yet again I digress um so she gives me the information and when I realized who it was I was kind of excited I hadn't talked to him in years I never thought I'd see him again so you know I I wanted to so you know I hit him up um I called the phone number and I spoke to him we had a pretty good phone conversation uh just for the next day for me to say hey if you're interested, you know, let's let's link up, let's smoke some blunts or whatever, and, um, you know, maybe we can rekindle a friendship, not necessarily a relationship, but a friendship, and he was down with that, so, um, again, I had two amazing besties um, during that time, uh, one was more amazing than the other, but nonetheless, you know, they were amazing women, so, I kept them in my camp and they kept me in their camp. Um, So I took them along with me to the open meeting to meet my ex-boyfriend slash future husband, which I did not know at the time was going to be my future husband. Um, So we can all just, you know, chill, smoke, you know, get that friend opinion too before I jump headfirst into something being ignorant, knowing me. If I didn't do that, I'd just be like, this is love. This is love. This is love. (laughs) But um, I still did that anyway, like a fucking idiot. And and my friends, even after meeting him, were like, dude, you can do so much better. Do you not see the crews that we hang out with, the people that we hang out with, the celebrities that we hang out with? And I'm like, they're all dogs. I want someone who's real and someone who's down to earth and blah, blah, blah. It's not about money. Yeah. Again, young, dumb, full of cum, and overly competitive. Ugh. Yuck. Ugh yuck anyway so we are all at this little meet and greet in his aunt's neighborhood and we're smoking and laughing and talking and just having a blast because you know we're children so we're all whatever we're like 17 years old we're freaking children so um we're out there smoking having a great time and like we're in this cul-de-sac and this car comes barreling down this cul-de-sac. It's like 12 o'clock at night. And, you know, me and my crew, we're like, that shit is fucking weird. But he's kind of looking like, like as if he recognizes the car or the um, static driving of this vehicle. Um, and 
again, me being a little ignorant, a little confused, a little headstrong, a little of a lot of horrible things to put into one tiny little human being, um, and a firecracker on top of it all. Oh, sometimes I just smack myself in the forehead and just think, ugh, the human being that I thought I was when I was younger versus the human being that I am now. Wolf candy. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so this car was just like, like I said, barreling down into the cul-de-sac and this chick pulls up, gets out of the car and she is pregnant, pregnant. And this bitch looks old. Like I'm 17. I'm like, this bitch looks like she's in her thirties and she just goes off on him. She just starts to yell and she's like I'm pregnant with your baby and you ran away from us and me and my friends are looking at each other like out of ooh we should probably get out of here but I'm so damn nosy that I was like ooh this is that drama oh I just want to eat some popcorn and sit here and just ooh soak it all in and my friends are like girl this is all the drama that we don't need we have a damn good life we are you know setting up our life or better like we don't need this kind of shit and they're like come on you know I'm but I'm the one with the car so I'm the one who's driving I'm the one who owns a car so they gotta leave when I'm ready to leave so we're sitting there watching this come to find out she's like 28 this 28 year old woman cussing him out telling him how she's pregnant with twins and he just can't run away from his responsibility just because he's a minor it don't mean shit you know that they had a life that they were planning together and he's looking at me like she's lying and he's even saying this in front of her she's a fucking liar that's not my baby she got knocked up by some dude she's a whore stripper so he's like in front of this woman creating this um lie like as if he's never been with her and if, as if he'd never got her pregnant I didn't know if he was doing that for me or he, or if it was the truth or what but he was telling me before she even showed up how much he missed me and you know all that bullshit that that people that people say again I'm 17 young dumb full of cum thinking that my prince charming has come back to get me shoot yourself in the head for that kind of ignorance but it is what it is and it was what it was because those were my realities at that time um <sighs> anyway um for like a week and a half this woman just harassed us harassed us harassed his family his family was pretty much giving me the story that he was giving me that he was a minor she tricked him into sleeping with her and you know she's a whore and she's just trying to get him into the military so that you know she can get that military money twins don't run in their family there's no way that she was pregnant with twins and this is not just him this is him his grandmother his mother his aunt that he's currently living with another aunt all telling me that hey trust him you know he made he might have made a mistake but he did not get her pregnant. He made the mistake of sleeping with a con artist and all this stuff. So they had my mind really like wrapped up into thinking that this man did not get this woman pregnant. Again, 
she's 27. They pressed charges on her for child molestation. It was, it was just ridiculous. So it was just a really good cover up come to find out in hindsight. Um, about three months after he and I rekindled our relationship, I got pregnant. Come to find out this dude was putting holes in my diaphragm. He was so determined to get me pregnant for whatever reason on his side. I don't know. And still to this day, I've never asked and I, I won't because it is what it is. Um, so when I finally get pregnant, it's all the rage in his family and all the rage in my family and my family is like, oh, hell no, you're going to get married, uh, pretty much ASAP. Um, and his family was just happy that the new direction of his life was having a baby with someone who was a age appropriate and they loved my family. They thought the the genes, uh, the geno code in my family um, was extremely stellar and they wanted him also at that time to go ahead and pursue that with me. So both families were in agreement. Me personally, uh, I didn't really care to get married um, because I felt like that would take away from me. I felt like it would it would pigeonhole me into a different life. Like I've always wanted to be a mom, so I was definitely going to have the baby. Um, nonetheless, it just, um, it was just kind of weird how my family, more so my mother, was pushing uh, he and I to get married when she found out that uh, I got, I got pregnant because I hid it from her for a few months um, until I, I started to show and I really couldn't hide it from her and I even moved out for a while to hide it from her and it, like I said I just couldn't hide it from her. Um, so kind of fast forwarding uh, this woman also finds out that I'm pregnant and gets infuriated um, and I she just I don't know she kind of just dropped off the face of the earth. Again, I was not aware that the baby or babies that she was carrying was truly his. He said it wasn't his. His whole family said it wasn't his. She's the only one who said it was. She was also like 10, 11 years older than him. And it was just a very ridiculously confusing time. And um, as a woman... Uh, it, it, you know, it's horrible. In, in hindsight, I, I hate every part of me that didn't believe her. Um, and I, I, you know, regretted that for a long time. I'm very thankful, just kind of speed up in the middle of this real quick. I am thankful that I found that woman on, um, well, actually, no, my eldest daughter found her half-sister, which is the child from the earlier situation of the woman pulling up saying that he had got her pregnant and he can't run from his responsibilities. Um, he ran from his responsibilities. His family covered it up. They lied to me. They lied to everyone. And they made everyone think that he was a good person when he wasn't. Um, but I got a chance to apologize to that woman uh, I got a chance to um, 
have a serious conversation with her and let her know how remorseful I was. And if I wasn't so young and dumb, I would have never overstepped some of those boundaries because I would have known better. But because I was so young and, you know, people were filling my head with information that I didn't know was true or not, um, and the way that she carried herself and came off did not allow me to give her the space to believe her. Um, but I got to say all of that to her um, when her daughter turned, um, I want to say when her daughter turned 19 or 20, my eldest daughter found her sister. And that's how we were able to not only talk to her half-sister and try to form a bridge so that these girls couldn't live like family because they are related by blood um but so that I can apologize sincerely to that woman who had to struggle raising that child by herself or raising that child with another man completely eliminating her birth father out of her life to the point where she didn't even know who he was but she knew that those were her sisters when she saw them because they have a lot of prominent Samoan features that are very common to each other. And it's like, you look at that girl and it's like, oh my God, she looks like one of my children. And, and her mother said, she looked at my girls and she was like, oh my God, they look like Leilani. They, and the, the other funny thing is all of my children have the Leilani or Ani <coughs> name in their name somewhere, which goes all the way back to his half-sister whom his father cheated on. I'm not, sorry, it goes back to his half-sister where the father cheated on her mother and had him, the women that had his baby, all named their children, their, their first daughters, after his sister. Craziest thing ever, but that's how tethered we are as people, and don't even know that we are all living the same life over and over again in different bodies and different experiences. However, um, so I hid the pregnancy from my mom for a while until, like I said, I couldn't anymore, and then um, <coughs> I wound up moving back in with her while I was pregnant because she was not going to allow me to live on my own, carrying, um, carry, I, I was going to say carrying my first baby, and, and that's why that kind of weird silence um, came up, because it was not the first time that I got pregnant. Um, it was the first time that I got pregnant by Tim and was going to carry a baby to term and have it. Um, that's a conversation that we can have um, another day about forced abortions and the um, trauma that comes from forced abortions. I will kind of dab into that a little bit now that I'm on the topic. So when I was 16, I got pregnant by a man named Jesus, not Jesus, a man named Jesus. And okay, this might sound insane and fair point, fair point to anyone who's listening. My life is insane. My life is just very different than most people's lives. Um, when I say I got married by a man named Jesus, he was Muslim. However, um, biblic biblically, if you read what it says Jesus looked like, this man would be the written description in the Bible of what Jesus looked like. He was the most beautiful person I've ever met in the world. 
and um, I was 16 when I got pregnant with him, and he was significantly older than me, um, according to standards. He was like 21 or 22, and um, we cared for each other deeply, but when my mother found out, um, it was either you can have a place to live or you can get rid of this baby. And um, tragically, um, at 16, that's just what I did. I just did whatever she said because um, I was her coattail and that was my bread and butter. And if I didn't listen to her, I would have nothing or so that was in my mind, but that was before I understand the power that I have. And that was control. So we'll go into that, like I said, another day. Um, because that baby, he's still on my altar. His name would have been Doja. Um, because I love to smoke weed. And ooh, I was so happy to be having a baby by Jesus. <laughs> Me and my weird ass. Anyway, um, but uh, back to what I was saying. So, come to find out, she really did get pregnant with his baby, and um, she wound up having his baby in January of 2000, and um, they made him do the DNA test and everything, because he still didn't believe her, and come to find out, that was his baby. Um, that same January that Leilani was born from her mother, um, he and I got married and this is how I knew. And if I would have just stuck to my guns and this is why I keep saying to my children, my friends, and now I'm going to say this to you, my listeners, your first mind is your right mind. Stop letting people sway you into decisions that are not yours. I did not want to get married. I, I was not looking for that kind of relationship at that time because at that time I was going to I was turning no I was 18 and turning 19 that year and pregnant still in school because I was fucking up um you know and I had like just a few more credits to get but because I got pregnant and a bunch of other things I was just like fuck school like I'm just gonna be a mom which is in <coughs> excuse me I keep having the hiccups which is absolutely insane and clearly, at some point in my life, I was absolutely insane, henceforth why I made the decisions that I made. Also, I was extremely susceptible to um, persuasion. Uh, a, a lot of my life had been um, due to other people persuading me to do things or challenging me to do things or knowing that because of who I am and the personality that I carry, that if you say certain things to me, then you can trigger me to do things that I typically wouldn't do if I was in a normal, peaceful state of mind. And still today, I have, I default to that depending on what it is. But thankfully, I am so much better than who I was before. And I can see through a lot of the crap that I had never been able to see through before. So anyway, um, our marriage gets sped up because by this time I am showing, showing, and my family, my family is extremely religious on multiple levels. Uh, I don't really want to get into that right now, but my mother was determined that I would not bring 
a child into this world out of wedlock. So think about that for a second. I'm just going to give you a moment of silence on that one. Okay, moment is over. So think about that. I am 18 years old, and I now, not even out of high school yet, pregnant with this kid. I have now got to get married because it's not my decision anymore. It's the decision of the elders around me on how I'm going to run my life and whether or whether or not they're going to be there to support me <coughs> is kind of where I am. And I think a lot of us women, depending on what kind of religious families we come from, we all kind of fall into that same boat where we just want to shut the people up around us and do what they say because we feel like the backlash or the, the, the sin of us being disobedient would fall upon us in, in, ev in different ways. Uh, I know in uh, Nepal, in that particular culture, if you don't listen to the elders, then it is said that um, demons will come and destroy your life and the elders will come uh, to destroy your life because you did not listen to the living elders that told you, no, you can't marry. Yes, you must marry. You must do this. You must do that. And in the culture that I grew up in, my parent, my mother is from Trinidad and my dad is from Panama. And I think I've said this before, but my mother grew up Catholic, like extremely Catholic. My mother was going to be a nun at one point in time in her life. And you know, through her own circumstances and her own life and, you know, her own journey and her own story, it did not work out that way. And she wound up having us. So again, I came from a household. I came from a woman who was going to be a nun at one point in her life and decided not to. So uh, <laughs> needless to say, my home was extremely uh, religious and you know we had a journey with religion too so my mom was of course like I said she was Catholic and then she went to Pentecostal and then she went to Baptist and then she went to non-denominational and that's kind of where she sits now um, so our religious journey has has a lot of facets to it and saying that out loud it just it sounds kind of um uh, it sounds kind of um, unsure. That's the word I'm going to use. It sounds kind of unsure of a direction that somebody really wanted to go in with their family. And then they found their own niche. And the non-denominational thing was really from my first husband and his sister, Leilani, who was going to a non-denominational church. And I said, I will not be going to whatever church my mother was going to anymore. We went to that church, and that's how my entire family pretty much became non-denominational because of me and uh, my first husband. So, um, like I said, anyway, I digress. So, um, my mother pushed up the wedding because I wanted to have the wedding after I had my daughter, and my pastor at the time and my mother both agreed amongst themselves that that was not a good idea. It didn't look good for the church. It didn't look good for um, me honoring my family. 
Uh, it didn't look good for me as a young woman. It didn't look good in society. It, it just didn't look good anywhere. And they placed a lot of guilt and shame on me because of it. And because of that guilt and shame that was placed on me, what did I do? I moved the wedding up, send out the invitations, and just like a good girl, just did what I was told. Misery comes in pairs. I swear it does. So anyway, um, it, we get married and I am happy to be married, unhappy that I'm not living the life that I really want to live. I lived with my mom for like another year. My husband and I, we lived with my mom for another year or so um, after we had Trinity and then we bought a house and um, we were just met with so much drama um, and not drama but trauma from the woman who he had gotten pregnant before it was a lot of harassment uh, it was a lot of um, just a lot of harassment for lack of a better word and I was in peril a lot of the times because um, like I said come to find out after I had my daughter is when I really found out that um, that other woman had not twins, but she wound up having um, a daughter herself. And when we found out that that was his, he was, in in my opinion, he was floored. He couldn't believe that that was his child for whatever reason, whatever relationship they had. I'm not going to downplay this woman because he should be just as easily downplayed as she would be. Um, I don't really know anything about her. And, you know, after I talked to her, when our kids, our oldest kids became of age, she seems like a wonderful, remarkable woman. And it's sad that um, our lives had to be entangled that way by a man who was extremely selfish and didn't only lie to us, but really he lied to himself. He did a lot of what his father did to him growing up and you know even though he said when we were married he would never you know treat his children anywhere near the way his father did you know in the grand scheme of things we are our parents even though we try to fight it we we really are our parents and it's our job to take those negative things that make us those people and turn them into positive things regenerate our cellular structure mentally, emotionally, physically, energetically, and spiritually to be the better version of them, not to continue the same memory patterns that are in our RNA, which is a part of our DNA, um, and continue those, those hard patterns because how do you incarnate or reincarnate into better if you're just doing the same thing over and over again. <sighs> anyway, so um, that part of our life was extremely tragic um, because, you know, as a new mom, you just want to focus on your baby and focus on the happiness that you are creating in your life. But in your reality that's not what's happening in your reality is just drama 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 and it's drama because of 
you, the individual, meaning me, putting yourself in a situation where there were tons of red flags. There were red flags everywhere. But that goes back to me being competitive. This is why when people tell me, or no one has told me this in forever, but I was recently told, and I said this in um, Hell House or Hell in My Mind, uh, in that particular podcast, that I was giving... I was giving off the vibe or I was in competition mode. No, the hell I was not because I know what me being in competition mode really looks like. Maybe amongst white people because they don't understand me, especially the ones who don't have any black friends, who've never been around black people, who have never really even sat in the culture long enough to have an opinion. Unfortunately, these are the white men that I mess with. We'll go into that another day. Ugh, yuck. But they have a mindset of this weird-ass box that you put women in because women are catty and women are this and women are that. So if there is conversation that they feel that might be catty conversation, then they put it into that category where it could just be general conversation. But anyway, I digress again. So my thing with the competition thing was... (coughs) I did not believe that that woman was pregnant. However, the the fact that she was there claiming something, trying to make me feel like I was less than, that's when I put my foot down and was like, okay, bitch, you want to try me. I don't even know you, but you want to try me. Fine. I am not only going to take this man, get pregnant, and um, get married, and we're going to live a great life and you know, that's on you. Hopefully you're not pregnant, boo. That was the mentality that I had. Hit yourself in the head, young lady, because that was so wrong, so messed up, so ridiculous. But yet again, I was a child. I was an, I was 17 when he and I, oh, sorry, yeah, late 17, early 18 when he and I rekindled. You know what I mean? I got pregnant at 18 with his baby So I was young, dumb, full of cum, arrogant, ignorant, and just ridiculous. I know who I am and I know what I've done. But anyway, we had um, our, our first child and, you know, we lived a really good life, even though despite the trauma and drama and red flags and whatever, um, for a good two years, we just lived a, a really good life. We had bought a house, we were living really really well in that house I loved my husband we had lots of fun lots of threesomes lots of orgies um we just fucking had fun Ugh, it was so much fun and it was non-stop fun during that time of me being pregnant before I had Trinity um I just wanted to finish up school because he had already finished school before I got pregnant and before he and I got together And um, I just wanted to finish up the last little bit of school, get my diploma, and just have this baby and figure out the next steps from there. Um, He wanted me to be a stay-at-home mom while he went out and worked and stuff like that. And for the first four years, like, that was fine. But while I was pregnant, I met my future second husband, which I did not have any idea that that would happen because again I was so happy with my first husband I never really thought about anything else there was never a a backup plan there was just 
this is happening. We're going to make it. We're not going to fail. We will not be our parents type um, mentality. And, you know, that was really beautiful, unrealistic for my particular situation um, because, again, all the red flags in the beginning, which I did not necessarily pay attention to, but they were there. Um, so again, I was in school and, uh, this dude walked into the classroom. He kind of walked in late, bad boy mentality, you know, really attractive. Like imagine Lenny Kravitz and Chris Brown kind of smashed together and it's just like, ugh, just, ugh. it was, it was unrealistic how attractive this dude was to me. And I'm like looking down at my stomach, like, damn. I'm pregnant. I got like uh, a husband and shit. And, <laughs> you know, I got drama in my life. And if I would have just waited, I could have possibly like met this dude. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. Selfishly, on one hand, I was like, this dude is so dope. I just want him to be my friend. And on the other hand, I lusted after him. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and make any excuses. I lusted after him pregnant and all and the weird thing is me and this dude we would talk in class I believe this was my literature class and he was I am smitten by intelligent people and both of my husbands are extremely intelligent men just oh just intelligent conversations just pull you in oh just like I said just intelligent men that make you feel good that you can spar in certain arenas of conversations with these people and you yourself feel intelligent so I've always been into that I've always been that girl who's been like oh my god if you can teach me something and I can teach you something then hey one of two things are gonna happen we're fucking or we're friending buddy so <laughs> with him because I was already married the wise decision the wise decision was to friend so I befriended him and um, introduced him to my husband at the time and we all became really 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 good friends like really good friends we would hang out all the time all three of us and you know maybe somewhere in my mind I was like you know this could work maybe I could have two husbands me and I could have both of their babies and yeah to to the to other people that might sound super fucking weird but I've been super weird all my life and that's kind of how I wanted my life um, at that time I wanted two husbands and I wanted to have both of their kids and I wanted us to live in harmony and I didn't understand like why that couldn't be <clears throat> but uh, it couldn't be. So uh, he and I, me and that friend, we were friends for, oh my God, five years, I want to say, because he became my eldest daughter's um, godfather. That's how deep and invested that friendship was. And me and that guy had never did anything. He kissed me one time, and in him kissing me, I did kiss him back. Um, this was well after I had my first daughter before I got pregnant with my second daughter. And I had to write him like a four page letter back and forth about my feelings for him and the fact that I loved him and I was in love with him. But 
I was in love with him on a friendship level. And because I was married, I could never, ever be with him. And he was torn apart. I didn't know that my friend was in love with me either until that situation happened. And he gave that letter to my husband. So my husband at the time was extremely mad at me, rightfully so, um, because I, I withheld that information from him. But I didn't feel like it was information that he necessarily needed to know because n to me, nothing happened. He just kissed me. I kissed him back. When I realized what was happening, I pulled away, wrote the letter. And, you know, like I said, in the letter, it even expressed to him that we could never be together. But I love him as, you know, as a friend. So that, of course, ended our friendship, ended their friendship. And that was very sad. <laughs> and then I got pregnant with my second daughter and you know I didn't know that my my ex-husband my first husband at the time did not want more kids it was something it was nothing that we ever discussed um, I was under the impression that we would have kids a little bit later maybe when our oldest was like four or five you know we would dis start discussing having more children because both of us would be more established during that time and you know, we weren't struggling, but we knew that if we brought another kid in that, you know, <sighs> we would probably be struggling a whole lot more um, than we could even conceive. Because again, we weren't struggling, but we couldn't conceive what struggling would look like for us if we had another kid. So I got on depot um, because I didn't trust anything else at the time and got pregnant again on depot I'm just I was at the time I was so fertile that I swear this dude could look at me and boom I'd be pregnant again it was it was really weird so I got pregnant with her with my second uh, daughter and um, that was pretty awesome until I found out that he was cheating on me with somebody that he worked with at his job <coughs> uh, that was um that was the most hurtful thing i can honestly say that happened in that marriage he was cheating on me for about 8 months i can't remember if it was 6 or 8 um i'm pretty sure it was 8 months um because the relationship between him and that woman kind of got started in the when we found out that I was pregnant and we found out that I was pregnant probably in my third month so no second month second month of me being pregnant so yeah they had been talking for like eight months so they talked the majority of my pregnancy um, but the messed up thing about that was not necessarily the fact that he was cheating and I know a lot of people are like, no, that is the messed up part. The messed up part was as pregnant as I was, I was out of it a lot. I just wasn't, I was never myself. I, I had a two-year-old and I was pregnant and he worked nights with this woman. He, he would, you know, she would bring him home. He was also in school during the day. So because I was pregnant and uh, he, I needed the car for emergencies. He didn't ever want me to be without the car. She would pick him up for work, 
She would bring him home so he can change. She would wait outside in the car for him so that he could change and get ready for school. She would take him to school. She would bring him back home. She would come over. She would have dinner with us. She would go shopping with us. She would do just a bunch of stuff with us. So my thing was you, meaning him, know what kind of woman you have. You know how free I am with love and how free I am with even sex and how tired I am 90% of the time because I'm pregnant and we have a two-year-old and I'm a stay-at-home mom. But he knew who I he knew who I was and he you know at the at that especially at that time. So for me there should have been a reason to cheat on me. We were having orgies, we were having threesomes, we were having anything that he could put his mind towards and I could provide it. It was happening. Any female that he wanted in our bed that I could provide, I would provide it. And for me, that pissed me off that you, he would go behind my back and cheat and then parade this woman around our house around our life around our kid um, as if she was just his friend I've never been at that time I had never been a jealous woman I don't care if you have 50 female friends you go out to eat you pay you do whatever you spend the night over their house you have adult sleepovers whatever I just didn't care because in my mind because I'm competitive What's mine is mine. And if I got to fight for it, bitch, I will destroy you. So <laughs> that's the kind of mindset that I had at that time. But here I am pregnant again. This pregnancy was making me like insanely crazy. I had never, I, I lost my mind um, with my second pregnancy. I was not myself. Um, I was a tyrant. Uh, I was extremely mean. I was evil. I wasn't even mean. I was evil, vindictive, spiteful. Anything that you can put in that category that makes a woman a cunt-ass bitch, that's what I was. And <coughs> um, I'm not going to make any excuses for that. I was angry all the time because I knew he was cheating on me. I had no proof. When I went to my family, that was their thing. Do you have proof? Do you have proof? And I'm like, no, but I have a soul and I have a spirit and I have a gift. And my gift is telling me that this dude is absolutely cheating on me. And <clears throat> I'm going to different family members for help and no one would help me. Finally, my best friend, it was like, girl, go back to work. So I went back to work and she, um, because she was in the reserves and her family is so well to do like they bought her the house next door to her and her sister um, the house that was next door to ours and they never had to pay for anything so she got to live like whatever life whatever life she wanted to live thank god for her and we are still friends today so kk shout out to you today i fucking love you i will love you forever not just because of this because you've always had my back so kk i love you and i hope you are hearing this podcast and if you're not i'm going to beat you upside the head kk because i i love you girl i love you and i thank you every day for catching that bastard cheating on me because you were my proof boo so about kk 
So KK is my neighbor. I'm not going to say her real name, but we're just going to call her KK. Anyone who knows me knows KK. <laughs> um, she's back in Atlanta. Uh, we've been friends for 21 years at this year. She is my longest standing friend. And again, I love her. We've watched each other grow, cry, divorce, marry, divorce. <laughs> and we've been through so much and I have got to give her um, more love and respect, especially um, after I do this podcast, I'm going to call her because like I told her, we are no longer friends. We are family to the end of time. You know, I don't care like if I have to cut my hand and make her my blood sister girl I will come to Atlanta just to cut down my palm and say that you are my soul blood sister forever so just know that that might happen we might have to do some blood bond shit <laughs> don't get mad at me you know how witchy I am any way um but I was working one day and again I knew I knew that they had a relationship that was uncouth to our relationship and um this woman was beautiful one thing i won't one thing i won't do is i won't take away from her i just won't this woman had she was jamaican and white i think so her father was like dark 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 jamaican and her mom was white and she was bad as fuck she was gorgeous psycho crazy bitch but oh my god she was gorgeous and her name was Kat and that's as far as we're going to go into her name but her name was Kat and even when Kat came around I was like shit after we have this baby like if Kat is down like we could do this and he would chuckle that off and not really say anything because unbeknownst to me he's already sleeping with her and unbeknownst to him she's sleeping with another one of his friends so you know she was a get around girl hilarious and tragic all at the same time beautiful tragedies are my life stories not anymore but I have a lot of beautiful tragic beautiful tragic life stories so anyway uh, um so uh him and Kat were in a relationship for about us like a hardcore relationship for about six months the first two months with was of course them you know, him befriending her, telling her, you know, about how much of a cunt his wife was, meaning me, which I was, he wasn't wrong. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I was not, I was pregnant. Okay. I was a pregnant ass cunt. Like I was fucking horrible. I, I was, I was insane. <laughs> like when I found, oh, you know what? I'm going ahead to go behind, to go ahead, to go behind. Let's go back to KK. So one day I'm at work and KK noticed that this chick was dropping him off from work. She knew he had to go to school that day because we all knew each other's uh, schedule going in and out. Um, at least I did. And I would always inform KK about my, in, my comings and goings, you know, because I'm pregnant in Atlanta. We just need to make sure that, you know, I'm safe. So she would let me know her comings and going. He didn't let anyone know, but the whole neighborhood was paying attention because we're all nosy like that. And I am so neighborly that by the time I'm done getting to know people in my neighborhood, they got binoculars out. They watching everything. 
everything <laughs> and I'm still like that today like I still got neighbors who are like I don't know who just came to your house but they'll call my children like their children will call my children be like your mom has company like and then my children are like who's at our house so I am one of those weird neighborly seriously neighborly nosy people anyway um so she noticed that this lady was not leaving fast enough I'm not home you know, what are they doing? I had, I'm a plant lover, so I've always had plants. So all of my windows, all of my blinds stayed open for the most part to feed my plants the light that they need. <laughs> my friend, oh, KK, I love you so much. I'm going to probably say that throughout this next half of this podcast for a while, but she ninjaed her ass over to my house and she's like peeking in the windows. Finally, she peeks into my kitchen window and watches this dude fucking this chick in our house. Fucking this chick in our house on our furniture. She runs to her house. She calls me. She calls my job. And she is like, girl, you have got to leave and get home immediately this dude is fucking this woman in your house. You need to come home now. So I'm already like crazy. I'm working in a call center at this time. I'm like, oh, you know, I got to go cramps. I have a child, whatever. I like, I don't even remember what fucking lie I told them to get out of there. And I get home and they're gone. So I am now like frantic. I go over her house. Like she meets me. Like she sees me come home. She runs outside because she knows, she knows how I am and how I get. And she's like, calm down, calm down. You know, they left about, you know, 20 minutes ago. I don't know where they went. So like she's trying to calm me down. She's telling me, you know, the story of how she found them and everything, you know, all the evidence. She even fucking videotaped part of it so that I can like, know that she's not being a cunt that she's being a real friend because again I'm pregnant I'm a little crazy and she like she knows how I am about proof so um (laughs) I decided that day to go and get paint because I was so I was just so upset and I just I wanted to change things in the house and um (coughs) it was just getting to the point where I was just getting a little a little crazy. So I went and bought paint and things like that by the gallons just because I was going to make an accent wall in every room of the house, you know, just kind of um <coughs> my my other friend calls it blood splatter, mental blood splatter is so that I can remember that a tragic situation had happened and that's why I needed to make changes in my house because I did not want to continuously feel that energy so moving forward um of course I called him on it he denied it I like we got video footage and he shaggied me by saying it wasn't me you know that shaggy song it wasn't me so he it wasn't me and again being pregnant with a two-year-old I just I don't know I just I I quit that job and decided to be a stay-at-home mom again uh, for a while and I was just miserable and depressed and crazy the pregnancy was making me like insane like 
they should they probably should have like put me in some kind of mental rehab center or something to be 100% honest because I when I say I lost my shit it's one thing to argue fight and all that kind of stuff when you're pregnant it's a whole nother thing to um what is the name of that movie fatal attraction it's a whole nother thing to like be the mistress in fatal attraction even though you're the wife and go through the motions and the mental motions that the mistress in fatal attractive fatal attraction went through and i i did um uh, when i say like i was listening to amadeo's mozart with flashing lights on and off um i took those paint cans and i beat the shit out of him one day pregnant as hell chasing him throughout the house beating him with a gallon (laughs) paint can um the first time that i met his father um was really quick his father had came into town for something I, i can't even remember and um it was the first time i met him and oh my god he looks exactly like the rock it freaked me out i thought the Dwayne Johnson was his father, but come to find out that Samoan black mix, they all kind of, they all kind of look like that. You know, they, I don't know, it's weird, but you know, they some Asian. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, I, I was one day, I'm talking about when I know, I know when I snapped, like mentally just, my brain just snapped literally in two halves. Um, was when one day I was just standing in the kitchen. I was still pregnant with my second daughter. And I was just standing there. And my mother had given me some of the most beautiful wine glasses. I'm talking about red-stemmed, gold-rimmed, oh, just the most beautiful wine glasses that you probably would never be able to find out here in this world. (sighs) Vintage stuff, just gorgeous. And I was just so out of it mentally I'm standing in the kitchen just kind of rocking and I don't even know where I went but all of a sudden I just started throwing the wine glasses at my stove and hysterically laughing just throwing them at the stove until the glass on the stove shattered and when the glass on the stove shattered I snapped out of whatever insane asylum that I put myself in mentally and just dropped to the ground. Um, And I believe that's kind of when I started having like pains and uh, went into into labor early with um, my second daughter. And um, I was calling him and he was with her and he wouldn't answer his phone. He wouldn't answer his pages he wouldn't answer anything and I felt like I was dying and I was (laughs) I was dying come to find out when I got to the hospital um when I got to the hospital I had a fever of like 104 or something like that I want to say like 105 but I I remember a four in there so let's say 104 degrees and um, the umbilical cord was wrapped around my daughter's neck. And they didn't even know any of that. Like when I first got there, my mom just knew that they were like, I called my mom and she immediately came and got me. And she was like, you do not look well. And I was like, I feel like I'm dying. Like literally, I feel like me and this kid are dying. And um, 
like I said, when I got to the hospital, um, the nurses and doctors that were there, they really didn't even know what was going on with me either. And, you know, but they were scared. They knew something wrong. There was something wrong with me. They just didn't know what. So um, they sent me in for like an ultrasound. They heard her heartbeat was so weak and they were like, oh my gosh, like we don't know what to do. One of my doctors were called in when she got there. She looked in my eyes and she goes, oh my God, she is dying. Get her into the emergency room stat. Um, they got me into the emergency room. They did a spinal tap on me um, because they, there was no time for local, I mean, there was no time for anesthesia. Um, so they had to do a spinal tap on me to put, to knock me out quickly. And um, when when they finally took my daughter out of me, the umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck twice. She was blue. Um, I was dying on the operation table, um, but I'm here. She's here. We're here, and we're strong, and we're bonded in a way that I've never been bonded with another child um, ever in my life because we almost lost our lives together, and because of that, it's it's a, just a different bond between her and me and her uh, older sister and, and me. It's just the bonds are very different. But um, when I had her about a week later, this, I want to say about, no, it was about a week later. Um, and at that time, my ex-husband decided to act like a husband um, when he wasn't there for the birth of his second child, um, wasn't there for me through my pregnancy because he was led to believe that my second child that I was pregnant with wasn't even his. Come to find out um, <laughs> years later, that's the belief that he was under. And when he did the blood test, of course, <laughs> lo and behold, because I'm not a cheating whore, and I would never cheat on my family, and I would never ruin my family um, like he did. <laughs> Sorry, that was a small little dig, but it was real. Um, nonetheless, he was so remorseful because he was under the impression that I slept with my best friend and got pregnant by him and then tried to play it off as if his baby, my meaning my old best friend, that that was his baby and not my husband's baby, which was insane to me. That child was born a month and a half early because <laughs> this intelligent man was swayed by this woman to believe something that wasn't true. Instead of sitting down with me and having an adult to adult conversation about his fears and misgivings, he decided to listen to someone who didn't even know me. She never knew me, and she was playing him to be with him, to take him from me. Um, so, like I said, about a week or two after I had my second child, this woman called me um, to berate me about having another daughter and how I could never give my husband sons because I... I was not capable of giving him sons and she's capable of giving him kings and 
Um, she's going to be taking him from me, how they've been sleeping together the vast majority of my period, uh, of my pregnancy. And she's pretty much like, I'm taking him, he's mine. And I just wanted you to know, I didn't want to tell you while you were pregnant. And I figured telling you after you have your baby would have been best. <sighs> okay. This is what I'm going to say about that. Again, I am especially at that time, excessively fucking crazy. Like, I'm competitive and, bitch, I could kill you type crazy. So I, t I let him hear the message because she left that message on my phone. So I let him hear the message and, like, he's furious, but he doesn't really say anything. And he's like, you know, that's a lie. Um, she's just doing that because you know, she wants to be with me and I don't want to be with her. And, you know, we're just friends, you know, the, the normal lie that men give to cover their fucked up ass tracks because they're out there doing something wrong. However, they don't want to leave their wife or their mistress because mm, it's cheaper to keep her. And <laughs> you ladies out there who believe for one minute that these men are going to leave their wives for you, it doesn't, make, it doesn't matter what they tell you about these women. They're not going to do it. Maybe if they have like a prenup or something like that where they have some kind of safety net, then they'll do it. But if these men don't have a safety net, understand that they are not trying to give this woman alimony on top of child support, on top of whatever else they could possibly get from whatever state that they live in where the judges will make sure that the woman comes out on top even if even if she's in the wrong even if that woman is in the wrong and the man was in the right these women will rape these men for all of their financial assets that they did not earn themselves and i have a personally speaking i have a huge problem with that but that's for another day in another podcast so moving along um she like I said she called me to tell me that she had been fucking my husband for six months and how you know I'll never be able to give him a boy but she's going to take him from me and, and give him a son so about a month after my child was born because I had a c-section and I just I really couldn't do much but uh, come to find out he was still softly messing with her um, like still having lunch with her and stuff like that. So I borrowed my friend's car and I was like, I need to go up to this job and see what the fuck is going on. So, uh, I'm a month out from having my daughter. I put her in my friend's car. I get in the car and I drive to his job and lo and behold, him and this woman are outside having lunch, kikikiing it up like as if, <laughs> as if nothing was wrong, as if everything that they were doing was stellar and correct and i was in this delusion of of things um so when i pulled up i got out the car with a baseball bat i was ready to fuck some shit up i didn't care if he got fired i didn't care i didn't care if i went to jail i was gonna fuck it up fuck it up on <laughs> some real stuff and he is like get in the car get in the car we can go over you know to this other parking lot and talk whatever 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 so like uh, because 
the baby was in the car and I am still not even 100% healed from my C-section. I just decided, okay, you know, this is, let me try to be logical. So get back in the car. He hops into his car. I don't remember if she hopped into his car too or if she had a car. Uh, that that time, it's, it's like all the details is kind of blurry because this was like, I don't know, 15, 17 years ago, something like that. Um, how old is Jade? 19. So this was like 19 years ago. Um, so it's it's been a minute. Um, so we get to this parking lot and we're all talking and she just goes, you know, she just goes in like, we've been having sex for months and you said that you were going to leave her and be with me and she can't provide you with boys. So I'm going to provide you with boys. Now, keynote, anybody in the scientific community should know that women don't determine the sex of the baby. It really is the man. I'm just going to leave that there because clearly he has four daughters you could tell you what's in his system so I'm not going to downplay him and, and make him out to be this horrible person but I just want you to just think on what I just said there <coughs> anyway so um, we're in this parking lot and like I am furious I'm yelling at him I'm cussing at him she's yelling at him cussing at him I'm yelling at her cussing at her she's yelling at me not cussing at me I got a brand new baby in the car like it was a hot damn mess Ugh. just thinking about who I was versus who I am Ugh, yuck and yikes but anyway, um, it gets so heated, the conversations between us that like she's leaning in his car and she's like pointing in his face and he's like, I'm never leaving my wife. I never agreed to uh, leave my wife for you. I would never leave my family for you. Again, women, these are the things that men do for real. Like, there's not too many men out here in this world, no matter how good he is dicking you down, telling you all those sweet nothings, or even pillow talking you. There is no way that 90% of these men would never leave their women. You are just a trick ass whore who they are using to get over something that their wife is doing that is displeasing to them, and they don't have the mental ability to do it without using someone else so that's what that is so any woman out there who thinks that her pussy is so amazing or that her personality is so amazing that she can just take another bitch's man you got life fucked up you really do and I think you should definitely get some therapy because you and your daddy or you and your mama have got some issues that y'all need to work out because I'm telling you now, and this has been, this is not just me saying this, this is real shit. These men would never leave their wife for you. They do not want to take on that type of financial responsibility for pussy that they might not want later on. I can't stress it enough. I know that's harsh. But that's some real ass shit. I was muy loco. And he still stayed with me and begged me not to leave him. So just understand that. And 
looking back, if I was him, I would have left me. I would have just been like, fuck it. Like, he didn't even have that kind of money to worry. So he could have left and never, he never had to pay me alimony when we got divorced because I didn't want it. He was obligated to pay child support, but that's because those are his children. Anyway, so we're in this parking lot and we're all fighting and arguing and yelling and what have you. And he gets so furious with her. This woman had the most beautiful hair, beautiful, long, luscious curls all the way down to her butt. This dude wrapped her hair around his arm. He hit the gas and was going to fucking, oh my God, it was the most terrifying thing I had ever witnessed during that time of my life. But he hit the gas and he was going to ram her face, body, and head into a light pole. He would have went to jail clearly because he either would have killed her or would have been like attempted homicide or some shit. I'm not 100% sure, but it was so bad it was so bad and it scared me so bad that in the process of me watching him wrap her hair and rev the car up I jumped on her to like create so I don't know am I thinking back on it I think I did that to create some kind of pressure that would make it make her too heavy for him to be able to drag her And then I'm like beating on his arm, biting his arm. So he lets go of her hair and find, you know, when he realized that I was also fighting him along with her fighting him, he let her go before he smashed her into a pole and then just drove off, you know, for the night. It was really, really insane. Um, And I made sure she was okay, even though I hated this bitch. I hated her. I hated what she did to my family. Um, it, It was partially her fault, but mainly his fault. And I say it was partially her fault because she knew he was married. He never hid. He never took his ring off. He, you know, he paraded my pictures around his, around the office, like as if he was content with his marriage. But you know, clearly he was not. So that's why I say some of the blame is definitely on that female because if she didn't know he was married, to me, she has no blame. But to know he's married, to know that you're trying to take a married man from his wife, that's that's the problem and that I had with her. The problem that I had with him was he allowed himself to be susceptible and he allowed himself to be weak. He allowed himself to be, um, I'm not going to say manipulated because, well, you know what? Maybe they were manipulating each other. So who knows? Maybe even manipulated. But nonetheless, after that situation, never saw her again. Um, He wound up um, leaving that job and um, she was never seen again, at least not to my knowledge. I don't know if he still uh, kept talking to her or not, but to my immediate knowledge, he and her um, never spoke again. She left the job before he did, and then he wound up leaving the job (coughs) shortly after that. And he even stopped going to school shortly after that. Not 100% sure on like the logic behind a lot of that, nor did I care. So I didn't want to have any more children with him, and um, I went in to go get a tubal ligation, which they botched. Um, They botched the tubal ligation. They botched part of my C-section, 
because of the emergency C-section. So long story short, um, I got pregnant again about six months after, seven months after I had um, my second daughter. And uh, he felt like this was his time for redemption. Um, and I say that because in every action that he that he did, in everything that he did, you can see redemption, um, the redem- bleh, the redemption snail trail right behind it. And I- he tried, um, but I was already so far gone with anger that I didn't necessarily even want the relationship anymore. Not only was I accused of something that I didn't do, I was accused of sleeping with my friend who I never had sex with ever, um, never even seen me naked, um, that I was accused of sleeping with him and getting pregnant with his baby, just, of course, to find out that it's my husband's baby, looks exactly like my husband, um, and then being cheated on because people believed, (laughs) because not people, because he believed that I was uncouth. He believed because of some other woman who didn't know me. And this is a problem that I have still today of even dating. Um, I had it in my second marriage too, where these men go to other women to talk to other women about their problems that they're having with me. And then these other women steer them in directions that are not even real because they don't know me these women don't know me they know situations that they've heard on tv heard on the radio read in books saw in their families and then they're like absolutely she's doing dot 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 and come to find out at the end of the day when all the water boils down i never did any of that and then these men are out here looking like the goddamn fool and that's exactly what happened um with my first husband is that he was out there looking like a goddamn fool because he listened to some woman who wanted him on any level that she can get him, and she definitely wanted to fuck up his life, and she did, and she won. At the end of the day, she won because I never came back from that. No matter how hard I tried, no matter the counseling that we got, no matter what we did to try to rekindle the happiness that we had before he decided to destroy us with that woman it never came back no matter how hard I tried to reprogram my brain I could not see past him not believing in me not believing that I was honest faithful loyal and it hurt so bad to know that you love someone and you sacrificed so much of yourself for them just to throw you in the garbage pretty much and then come back and try to find you (laughs) when they come to the realization that you have been nothing but honest, true, and good and that they have been manipulated or allowed themselves to be manipulated by people who wanted to use them or take something away from them or whatever. I don't know what her purpose was was other than she was lonely but she was also having sex with multiple men even other men on the job that he knew that he was friends with this woman was having sex with so it's like what real benefit were you getting from a trick-ass whore 
like that was a fucking thought you know before the word thought really came out like that was a thought like yeah think about fucking this bitch but don't go and do it let it be a literal thought and not just a ho-ass thought moment but (sighs) I can go into all kinds of feelings about that but I'm going to move forward so I get pregnant with our our third daughter about seven months after um, we just had our second daughter which was oh so difficult as a mother to now I have a a two-year-old a newborn and I'm pregnant it was it was a beautiful thing because my daughters were amazing I I can say that that they weren't they weren't hard to take care of at all and I was very blessed to be able to have great intelligent children and I mean intelligent children my first daughter got her first set of top and bottom teeth at four months by 11 months she was fully walking and talking she never she never crawled uh well she did the one leg crawl and that was it and after the one leg crawl she stood up one day and never crawled again so like I said by 11 months she was walking and talking in full sentences and comprehending what you were telling her in full so I was very 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 blessed to have her to be that smart and she was so helpful she was so helpful when it came to her sisters um even though I know she wanted to be the only child we could we had conversations about it when she was a baby and when her sister came home the second one she even slapped her upside the head like I don't want this thing here and I tell you it's so hilarious because to this day that is the love of her life my eldest daughter loves her middle sister I swear more than she loves any other human being who walks the face of this earth and it's the most beautiful thing to see from a child of her not really wanting this little girl here and then now her just she couldn't even see her life ever without her it's the most beautiful thing but anyway so when I got pregnant with my third child he just did everything in his power to make that the happiest pregnancy that I ever had because I had with tr- with my oldest one I had a a decent pregnancy I was a little annoyed here and there for the most part um so minor annoyances <coughs> the second uh pregnancy I was just bat shit crazy like put girl interrupted crazy <laughs> um like seriously girl interrupted crazy and then um my third pregnancy I was I was just in bliss I thought of nothing else other than myself and my children nothing mattered ever while I was pregnant with my third child and that was the most peaceful pregnancy happy pregnancy that I've ever had and it was really really nice um so here I am now 23 (laughs) with three kids um uh trying to figure out what kind of career I want to establish. This was back when I was working for Mac Cosmetics and you know, I was I was 
fat chick. Um, I was a bad bitch. Nonetheless, even though with three kids, I was in high heels. I was dope. Um, my, my clothes were pristine. Um, I was buying everything from Nordstrom, you know, or Bloomingdale's. Like, I had money. I could buy whatever I wanted, do whatever I wanted. My mother supported me. My husband supported me. My family supported me. It just, I just had, to me, I was just living the life. Um, and kind of to speed that up, uh, got to the point where, <laughs> you know, things change so quickly in this world and, you know, what you hold dear to can be taken away from you so quickly. And money was, you know, we held so dear to money that money wound up getting the best of us and we wound up losing everything. And I'm not going to go into how, but we did, we wound up losing everything and, um, I was already honestly spent on that marriage. I didn't really even want to be a part of the marriage anymore, but I wanted to have all three of my kids in wedlock for sure because of a tradition that I tend to follow, well, at the time had followed, um, and just wanted to make sure that all of my kids had what I believe would have been the best blessings over their life um, that they could possibly have. and. I just wanted to give them the best chances that I could give them. And I still loved my husband, even though I didn't want to be with him during that time. But I did. I still loved him. Um, so after I had Genesis, about a couple of years following that, um, it our relationship just it, it went to where I knew it would go in the fucking trash can, to be 100% honest with you because I was already spent and done and my only concern was my children and not my marriage anymore where my marriage was the most important thing because in my mind my children will grow will grow up and when they grow up and they start having their own lives who are you left with you're left with the man or the woman who you've decided to have children with and then you guys live out the rest of your days waiting on your grandchildren to arrive. And then that's your new chapter. So that's kind of the life that I had wanted and had been waiting for and was tragically ripped from my hands. And I was not able to have that life because that life clearly was not meant for me in during that time or in that dimension so the life that I got is the life that I got to wind up being a single mother and um, losing everything uh, that that I that we had gained and obtained in our life that would have made us um, apparently successful in the eyes of other individuals and um, it all came crashing down on our heads like like satellites falling from the sky. Um, so, long story short with that, um, clearly that marriage didn't make it. Uh, and it didn't, it really didn't make it, not necessarily because of the cheating, because <laughs> one day we were in the car and we were having this ridiculous argument. And I don't even remember what the argument was about, but I remember him saying something negative about my mother and my father. And during that time, I was extremely sensitive about my parents because I was sensitive about myself. 
and sensitive about things within myself um, that I didn't like that came from my parents. So he used that uh, in this argument and (laughs) wrongfully so, I'm going to say that, wrongfully so, I turned around and I used the same ammunition back on him that he used on me where I could handle it where I'm not trying to put hands on you but my mouth is sharp like a fucking samurai sword and I said some stuff to him about his family and his father um you know his mother and his father and his life growing up and he didn't even look at me he just didn't even say a word I just saw him ball up his fist, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, bitch, ball up your fist then, bitch. And I don't know where he went mentally. I really don't know. But next thing I know, I'm getting hit in the face, pop, right in the center of my forehead, right between my eyes. And I tell you, if you've never been hit in the face before, (laughs) you don't know you're hit the first time you're hit. The first time you are ever hit in the face, and I have asked several people from fighters to, you know, I have friends who do MMA. I have friends who do, um, I forgot that style of um, martial arts that Bruce Lee does, but I have a friend who has a studio and who does that. And I've talked to a few of his clients um, during that time. And even his clients were like, yeah, the first time you're hit in the face, it's more like, did I get hit in the face? And I was like, yes, that is the feeling that I'm having. That was the feeling that I had. Did I just get hit? And then my brain was like, I don't know. Something happened. I'm just not sure. And I'm like, I don't know either. One of us has got to figure this out. And then he backed it up with another one. And I heard my nose break inside of my head. Just something like that. Just this. And I was like, oh, fuck, I got hit. I opened that motherfucking car door and I watched during that time a lot of TV and a lot of like, um, um, what is it called? Um, oh shit, I can't even think of it. But it's where, um, stunt drivers, yes, stunt drivers and stunt people do like different stunts and stuff like that. And I think like maybe a couple of weeks or a month or something before that I had watched like stunt drivers jumping out of cars and the whole tuck and roll thing. And I was like, ah, that's funny. I got, that would never be useful to me, but huh, come to find out very useful to me because that day that my nose got broken, my ass opened that door of the moving vehicle and I jumped out of the car and I tucked and rolled that shit and I rolled into some grass and I just, I sprung up like a spring chicken and was like, oh, I don't know what's happening. I have blood all down my face. My I could feel like the pressure in my eyes, like they were about to pop out of my head and I'm confused and I'm, you know, like I'm dirty and confused and there's people like pulling over and he sees all this shit happening. So he drives to like the nearest, um, uh, I want to say the nearest um, driveway because we were on a residential street. So he drives to the nearest driveway, he parks the car, he jumps out of the car, he runs like the police were chasing him, and I, I, I run to the car, I hop in the car, I drive back home because we're not too far away from my mother's house where this, situ- where this situation had happened, and I like, I run home, and I run into the house, and I'm like, 
I'm like cr- a crazy person. Like, ah, he hit me, he hit me, he hit me. And my mom comes running and she's like, what's going on? And she sees my face and she sees like my eyes are blacking and my face is swelling up and I am hysterical as hell. I don't even remember that my five-year-old daughter is there with my mother listening to me. Like I'm laying on the steps and in her lap crying and my five-year-old sweet intelligent precious baby girl is watching at the top of the steps hearing me say to my mom how her father broke my nose hearing me say to my mother how I felt like he tried to kill me and I had to jump out the car and these are the memories that I laid on laid at her laid at her little five-year-old feet and I've apologized so many times to her you know, but, you know, with children, damage is done unless you get therapy early. And I was so young and dumb and dumb myself that I didn't, I didn't get her therapy. I didn't get her what she needed. I, I, I was selfish in a way, just thinking about myself and not the fact that I had a baby there who also needed me. I was so broken from the pregnancy before and now I'm even more broken by the abuse from a man who never even raised his voice at me ever in the years that we've been married, the years that we've known each other. And for the first time, <laughs> for the first time in my life, I am now a battered woman or a woman who was beat by her husband, however you want to say it. Nonetheless, he did it. <laughs> um kind of fast forwarding through that um, we still stay together for uh, a couple more years until um, my daughter's my youngest daughter is three and then I just I just become a a completely different person and I, I become a literal cunt a literal cunt daily the way I would talk to him look down my nose at him the way I would I would treat our life, our situations, it was very difficult for everyone involved, and I should have just severed the relationship instead of continuously trying to save it in anger. You can't save anything in anger, and I was so young and so misdirected and misguided by a woman who had her own pain and tragedy, my mother, um, that she couldn't direct me in a good direction even if she brought all the guys, like, like Yeshua would have had to come down from heaven himself to say, hey, girl, this is what we're going to have to do because you have lost all your marbles. Um, so the relationship was doomed to fail from the time that I got pregnant with my second daughter and still for another, I don't know, four or five years, I still just, I tried in anger. I tried in pain and nothing worked. We went through counseling. Um, Nothing's wrong with counseling, but I can say this. Find the right counselor. The counselor that we found in church was ridiculous. You talking about body yaddy yaddy? This woman had like size H titties, probably a size, I don't know, 34 waist. And then her ass had to be like a 56 inch around it was insane 
she couldn't even find clothes that fit her properly to do a job that was supposed to help couples bond back together. My counselor, church counselor in the church, okay, was siding with my ex-husband about everything that he felt, flirting with him to the point where I thought, you know what, this is a me thing. I am a jealous person and I'm having problem with jealousy. This has got to be a me thing. There's no possible way that this woman has been appointed by the church and my husband, I, I, I've never been with an unattractive man, at least in my opinion. My ex-husband looked like a little tiny mini rock. He looked like a little baby Dwayne uh, Johnson, little, little baby one. <laughs> but she was hitting on him so hard to the point where he was like, I don't think it's a good idea for us to go back to that type of counseling. He was uncomfortable. He felt as if she was inappropriate and she was not on team heal. She was on team separate and maybe tap, you know, maybe she could get him to tap that ass. Excuse me. Um, so coming from my husband, I'm in total agreement because that was the vibe that I was getting, but I didn't want to be that woman who was like, oh, you know, like this isn't working because dot, dot, dot. And I, these are all my insecurities. And then somebody come at me and be like, yes, they are your insecurities. And that's why you feel the way you feel. Woo, woo, woo. The grand scheme of things is I was right. And I got confirmation from the man that I was married to at the time that I was right, that this woman was not here for our best interest. So we never continued counseling because we never could trust anyone who we felt as if was on team heel. So, of course, that was the um, disillusion of our marriage. Like it was we just continued to fall apart. And then it just got weirder and weirder and weirder because, like, you know, we wound up moving in with my mom because we lost um, our house. And we just lost everything, you know, because we were not good to each other, to be 100% honest. We were not good to each other. And we lost focus and sight of, you know, our goals and, you know, our future endeavors and what was right for our children. We just, we, we lost it all. We went into these mental caverns where we didn't even care. He technically kind of even stopped caring about his kids and their well-being. Um, I went back to work. He became a stay-at-home dad for five years and he was not good at it. <laughs> at one point I introduced him because I still had a lot of celebrity connections. So I introduced him to um, Evander Holyfield and he was working with Evander Holyfield for a while because I, I wanted him to get back on track with his music. I supported him, you know, um, trying to make a career um, as a producer. I bought him everything that he needed from turntables to um, mastering equipment, mixing equipment. Like I, I really, I invested in him just to get us on track because for me, it wasn't about me. Anything that he did now was about the children and making sure that their future was financially sound. So I was determined to make sure that anything that he needed, if I could financially 
uh, provide it for him, if I can give him the connections, whatever it took to make sure that he became successful. Because again, I was in the world at that time where I was still dealing with a lot of celebrities and, you know, gave him opportunities. Like I was still messing with Swiss Beats, uh, Rough Riders. I was, you know, I was still messing with a lot of these these prominent people who are prominent today. Um, and he took those opportunities and did not utilize them the best and did wound up destroying our marriage even further. Like, I get it. You're in a studio. I get it. You're in this ridiculous mansion. And I get it that, you know, strippers come in, you know, whatever, whatever. But if you're wearing all black and you got some strippers pussy all over your clothes, don't come home like that. Go to the bathroom, get a fucking washcloth, wash your fucking clothes off. You know what I mean? Like, don't continue to shove the knife into the person who is still trying their best to ensure that the family has what they need to not only survive, but the things that they need to make sure that their kids have a better life. You're thinking 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the line, and this motherfucker that you're with is thinking right now today. (sighs) So, of course, that destroyed um, our relationship even further to the point where I was just like, look, I can't trust you, and now I don't care. So, uh, long story short, that that's what killed our marriage was just ignorance, anger, pain, um, you name it, on that on that negative Nancy um, vibe. And it, I could probably give you a situation or a scenario that fits right into that. But the beautiful thing out of it, um, several beautiful things out of it. One, my three absolutely amazing daughters. And I don't say they're absolutely amazing because I'm their mother. I say they're absolutely, that's what they have chosen to be. My, my oldest daughter is in the military. You know, she's focused. She's determined. She's dependable. She's amazing. My middle daughter is about to be out of high school. She is the most loving, protecting person. Like she protects me literally everything. She watches me on these apps to make sure that I'm safe all the time. She's the most caring, loving person. I never thought she was going to be. I thought she was going to be angry all her life from the baby all the way up until, I don't know, but she's the most caring, loving, kind person that I've ever met. And then my youngest daughter, who is my absolute twin, like looking at her is is the freakiest thing ever because we look so much alike. But She's intelligent. She's an artist. She's going to be the most, one of the most successful people that I know, and I know it. Um, and she's going to be the one that keeps all of her sisters together and, and making sure that their kids grow up together and that there's a bond of love and trust and loyalty amongst them all. Um, they've always clung to each other to make sure that everybody has what they need emotionally and spiritually, and they cling to me even today, they all still cling to me. And my youngest is about to be 18. And I, I cannot, I cannot be happier that I am right now today to say that these are some of the most amazing human beings that I've ever met on this earth. And I don't know how I did it. 
uh, you know, when I go in, especially when I go into talking about my second marriage, I really don't know how I did it because um, that one will be titled What's Love Without Tragedy? Because I married my second husband to spite my first husband. And um, I loved my second husband, but not the way I should have because I didn't love myself. So I say all that to say um, I am definitely not a perfect person. And I definitely did not marry um, necessarily out of love. I married out of competition. So please, whatever you do in this world, don't do that. Marry because it's right, because it feels right. Don't marry because you're forced to marry someone. Don't marry someone because you're competing with another woman. Don't marry someone for anything other than love, not opportunity, not money, not anything. Just marry someone because you actually love them and you guys can see a real future together. And I think, you know, this pandemic has taught a lot of people that they married for the wrong reasons. But then on the flip side of that beautiful coin, it taught a lot of people that they married for the right reasons. And it's okay. You know what I mean? It really is. It really is okay. And redemption and forgiveness is so important. And that's why I'm able to even tell part of this story because there's so many facets to this one particular situation. But at the end of the day, I can say that I am proud of my ex-husband because he took, he, he came into the realization um, many years ago that he was so wrong and that I was a good wife, like not just a good wife, a fucking fantastic ass wife. And he fucked it up. And, you know, for a long time he blamed me and I was just like, whatever, fucking blame me. I don't give a shit. But when he really got a chance to heal himself and sat down with himself, he came to the realization that it wasn't me. It was him. He even had to come to me and say it. He, he didn't have to, but he made the decision on two occasions. The one that I remember the most, and if he ever hears this, I just want him to understand how much this touched my soul. The one situation was where my 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 icky friend um i'm not going to say her name but she just jumped on a, a fucking airplane with me and was like i asked you to send me your itinerary and bitch i'm going to atlanta with you and i was like oh my god i can't no one in my life has ever done that and this woman was like this is your life and this is what's happening as long as i'm in it ha 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 and sure enough she she did that so that was a, a very um was a very insane uh, trip that I took back to Atlanta for my eldest daughter's, um, not only for her 17th birthday, but also for her graduation uh, from high school um, was the day of atonement for me, where he took me on a walk and really explained all the things that he was going through. I got to hear his real story. And he broke down and apologized wholeheartedly to me. And I apologized to him because I'm not innocent in that situation. 
yes, he broke my nose. Yes, he cheated on me. Yes, he did a lot of things that was completely uncouth and damaging and damning to us and a lot of things that dissolved our marriage. However, if I never befriended that friend, he would not have had any reason to feel that way. He wouldn't have had any reason to have conversations with other women about things that he feared if if he felt secure in his marriage. And I apologize to him for not giving him that security. Because during that time in my life, I just did what I felt. I did what I wanted to do. Don't tell me what to do. I'm a sovereign soul. I don't have to respect you. You just have to respect me. And that's it. And that's a horrible way to live. But again, I was young, dumb, full of cum. And I was like, I want what I want. And I had um, fantasies of, of, of things that were grander than what I was honestly willing to sacrifice and because I did that 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 was the little snowball at the top of the mountain that became the huge snowball that crushed our marriage so I say all that to say us out here in the world who say, I'm going to do what I want to do. I do what I feel. I do, you know, I don't have to answer to anyone. You do have to answer to other people because other people live in this world. And if you want relationships with other people, it's best to have real conversations, real sit downs and understand what people's triggers are, understand what people can handle in different situations and then work from there if it's something that you guys can work on together beautiful if it's not something that you guys can work on together then maybe you guys need to recalibrate you know the decisions that you're making in your relationship because as much as we want to do what we want to do we have to modify some things so that other people that we are dealing with feel comfortable and happy and sane in the relationship if I would have known and that I was doing something so wrong I wouldn't have done it but then again maybe I would have because I was really ignorant during that time so there is no real telling what I would have done there's no real telling who I would have been the only thing I can tell you is who I was and who I'm not anymore and what I've learned from being that person and learned from those situations. And, you know, redemption and forgiveness are important in any situation because people fuck up, you know, and not everyone who fucks up meant to fuck up. Sometimes it really is just an ignorant ass mistake. And once you learn from it, you never do it again. And I know that I would never do it again. I, I know even in relationships, boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, if I have a friend that the person that I'm with and I am looking towards marriage with this person, not just someone I'm just, oh, just casually dating, I don't give a fuck, but if this is somebody who loves me and I love them and our goal 
agreed upon goal is marriage or our agreed upon goal is a life together, a sacred relationship, then I'm doing whatever it takes to make sure we have that. If I have to get rid of my male friends or put them on a freeze like Emma Frost, you know, whatever it takes. And the expectation, though, is for him to do that as well, for that partner of mine to have that respect for me as well. These are things I know now, and it's a part of boundaries. So I say all that to say, you can make mistakes. You can learn from them. You can gain forgiveness. You can gain redemption. But learn. Learn. Grow. And be a better person. Yeah, well, that's a two-hour rant on my first marriage, and I just kind of gave y'all the... The, the top scratchy layer, I didn't even really dig down into it because, boy, when I say we used to have some fun, huh? fun. Mm. we used to have some fun. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter how much fun you have with people. At the end of the day, it's all about what's in your heart. So I just want to say I love you guys. If you listen to this two-hour podcast, I really appreciate it. And... Um, we'll talk about my second marriage on the next one. And in the meantime and in between time, I love you. Love yourself and love others. Thanks for listening. Barbie, O-U-T, out.